I have, over the years of, of pastoring, I've pastored some 20 years now, and I have never heard an offering speech given with food as the kind of the, the baseline for the illustration. And, uh, and that, that's, that, was very, that was very good, my brother, very good. Um, we're going to be talking about, uh, this is obviously a healing school, and we're going, to, we're going to just read a few scriptures this evening before we start to, uh, to pray. But if you would please turn to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, uh, and we're going to look in verses number 6 through 8. And interestingly enough, we're going to talk about food. Um, yeah, <laughs> a little bit different kind of food here, though. Um, and Rudd, why don't you come on up here and get ready to read that uh, testimony. The scripture says this. It says, Your glory is not good. Know you not that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Look at the person beside you and say you're a lump. All right. It goes on to say, Purge out therefore the old leaven that you may be a new lump as you are unleavened. For Christ, even our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. Not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice or wickedness, but with unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. The scripture says that a little bit of leaven leavens the whole lump. I want to talk to you tonight about how that, almost like referred to us as a collective, and how that God brings about something for the betterment of the whole. He starts off with some small part and it it begins to permeate everything that we do. And healing is, is like that. God brings about healing, not just to benefit one person's life, but to benefit everybody's life. Amen? Everything the Lord did, He did for the benefit of the whole. It can be negative or it can be positive. In the, in the Scriptures, it tells us that leaven, of course, is a symbol of sin. So if you don't take care of sin, a little bit of sin in one person will affect everybody. A little bit of good by the Spirit of God will affect also everybody. And we want to talk tonight about how that if we will understand God's view of us, not just as individuals, but as a whole, we can reap the most benefit out of the things that God has for us. I wanted Loretta to read you a testimony tonight. This is a healing that took place. We got this just this afternoon. Just to encourage your faith. Go for it, Loretta. On Mother's Day, you had a word of knowledge for neck problems. Almost two years ago, I was hit from behind by another vehicle, which totaled my car. X-rays showed no broken bones, but over time, I had developed a catch in my neck associated with constant pain and stiffness. From time, time to time, it would pop, which had never happened prior to the accident. It was growing steadily worse. I was sitting in the balcony and did not know and did not think I had time to make my way down front. When you began to pray for those who um, did, I placed my hand on my neck and told the Holy Spirit that I wanted to receive that healing for my neck. Nothing seemed to happen immediately, but within a few days I noticed that my neck had stopped popping. A few days more I could turn my head uh, around normally. Today I'm completely pain-free no popping in my neck, no stiffness, no sign that there was ever a problem. God is so good. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Now, this is just one example, of course. The Spirit of God, as you know, has many ways that He works about His healing process in our, in our bodies, whether the laying on of hands or whether it's a spoken word, possibly whether it's uh, even the cloth that's taken. You know, the Scripture tells us that, the, that the, some of the clothing from the Apostle Paul was taken and put upon sick people, and they were actually healed. Many years ago, I was in, uh, I was in Poland, and I was teaching, and, uh, and the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me, and told, I'd, I'd heard about this one couple who, had not, who were not in, in class that night, and uh, because their son, 
uh, had been forecast, but the doctors had said that he's, their son was going to die in the next couple of days. Uh, and, um, and he had some, a chronic situation to where he would, he would cough. And he had coughed since the day he was born, and he had never slept a full night in nine years. Um, and obviously neither had the parents. And, um, and the child began to, his entire insides began to break down from all this, and they said he only has a couple days to live. And so in the process of, of, of preaching, I felt the Spirit of God tell me to take my tie and to cut my tie off and to send the tie off to this house where this little boy was at. Now, two th- situations here. Number one, this is my favorite tie, all right? So that gave me a little bit of problem, all right? It was my favorite tie. Uh, and so, I, but, you know, we have to be obedient. So I called for the scissors in the middle of the teaching, and I got the scissors. And what I did is I actually got this bit back here so I could still keep using the tie. Uh, but I cut this, I cut this bit off back here in the backside, and uh, and I sent that over to the uh, to the house, and um, I I've, I could have obviously gone and prayed, lay hands on them and prayed, but I really felt that's what the Lord wanted me to do, so I did that. The next day, the family was not only was the two students there, but they would brought their family with them. The little boy in the middle of the night had been completely healed for the first time in his entire life. He had slept through the night. His coughing was gone. He was completely restored, and the boy is still alive to this very day. Amen. We believe that God does not change, that He is the same, amen? And what God has done for one, He'll do for everybody because God works with that in mind. He looks for the betterment of the whole. He died for all mankind, not just for one person. Although He would have died for one person if that was the only person that was lost, God thinks a lot bigger than what we think. And it's important as a group of people that we understand that God not only looks at us as individuals, but He looks at us also as a collective of people. And uh, we were just talking at lunch about how God, when he talks about the community of the church, he thinks about us as being one very large whole. And I want to look at a couple of things along those lines uh, this morning as, or this evening as we keep on reading through. So go with me to Luke's Gospel, chapter 17. Luke's Gospel 17. I want to look here at the story of the lepers. Um, and as Mark was talking about, about uh, giving with thanksgiving, it's important that we remember when, we, when it deals with healing, not just with healing, but with anything, that we make sure that we have thanksgiving involved in everything that we're doing. And thanksgiving, excuse me, thanksgiving may not always be the easiest thing, but how many know that it is the most profitable thing that we can do? After we have prayed about something, to move it into a place of thanksgiving, although we may not see the answer, to move to a place of rejoicing and thanksgiving is God's desire and is designed for us. Several years ago when we were living in Sweden, Loretta had broken her foot. We were doing some cleaning out of the building. God had given us a building. And she had broken her foot uh, in, the, in the process of this whole clean-out. She, but she said, and that was on a Saturday, she said the next day on Sunday she wanted to go to church. So we went to church, and she's sitting on the front row with her leg up on a, on a chair. And I'm up on the platform, I had chairs up on the platform, and I was praising the Lord. And I could see her starting to get churned up by the Holy Spirit during worship. And I saw her stand up, and I knew that something was about to happen with her. She was, she was, she was getting in the Holy Ghost, you know what I'm talking about? And you can see that you can see the groove getting on her. And so, and, and I'm on the front row and I'm thinking, you know, oh, hallelujah, because she's about to go for it. And I could tell this. And sure enough, this is exactly what she did. She began to praise the Lord on her good leg, hallelujah, like this. And all of a sudden, she takes a leap and she jumps and she lands on that broken foot on purpose. And when she does, she's instantly healed in her body, began to dance and praise the Lord from that moment forward. Amen. Sometimes it's a laying on of hands. Sometimes it's just an act of worship to God and stepping out there. Sometimes it's cutting your favorite tie off. Whatever the Spirit of God is doing, 
He moves and manifests himself in so many different ways. But in whatever we do, whether we're praying for healing or prosperity or whatever God might be wanting to do in our life, we have to make sure that we always thank God, not for everything, but in the midst of every situation, that he is more than enough. And his desire is to affect all of us, not just one, but everybody. And I want us to see from this story here, and one of the reasons why I like reading the Gospels, I like reading the Gospels because the Bible says that Jesus doesn't change, right? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So we know, I I can read the Gospels, and I know however he acted in the Gospels is exactly how he acts today. The way he responds to belief or unbelief today is exactly the way he did it in the Scriptures. His expectation today upon people is exactly the same as expectation was in the Word of God. Why? Because he doesn't change. And so when we see what he does in the Scripture, we know what he's going to do today. So here in Luke's Gospel 17, we're starting reading in verse number 11. We're going to find here the story of these ten lepers. You might remember the story, but we'll go ahead and read it anyway, just in case there are those who have not heard it before. Verse 11 says this, And it came to pass, as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Let me just say this to you. You've heard on the news a lot about uh, the West Bank in, uh, in Israel. How many understand the West Bank is not a biblical term? The West Bank is a political phrase that was given to delegitimize the, the land of Israel. The land of Israel, the West Bank, in biblical terms, is called Judea and Samaria. 90% of everything that happens in your Bible happened in the West Bank. Happened in Judea and Samaria. Judea and Samaria is paramount to the understanding of your Bible, and also it's paramount to God's decision to give the land of Israel to the children of Israel for an everlasting possession. Thank you for your enthusiasm. It is, how many understand the word everlasting means everlasting? You see, the Bible says that God gave this land to the nation of Israel for an everlasting possession. Everlasting, in case you're wondering, means everlasting. Aren't you glad you have everlasting life? Well, if everlasting life for you means forever, then everlasting possession for the children of Israel must also mean everlasting possession. The West Bank is actually biblical Judea and Samaria. So he goes into Judea and Samaria, and actually Samaria and Galilee, verse number 12. And as he entered into a certain village, there he met ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off, verse 13. And they lifted up their voices, and they said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, go and show yourself to the priest. Notice he doesn't even pray for them, uh, actually lay hands on them. He just tells them, go and show yourself to the priest. And, as it, and it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one, of them, and one of them, when he saw he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. And he fell down at his feet and gave him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said unto him, where were there not ten that were cleansed? But where are the nine? And there were not found eternity of glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith has made thee whole. So here's the story. These ten lepers are all far off, and they cry out to Jesus, and they ask him for help. And he tells them, Go and show yourself to the priest. Now, why would he do that? Because a leper, according to the law, whenever a leper was cleansed, what he would do is he would go and he would show himself to the priest just to verify he was healed. So basically what he was saying in biblical terms when he said, go show yourself to the priest was, you're healed, go and show yourself to the priest and let him confirm it. 
So he was, they were on their way, knowing they had heard the word of the Lord. And as they walked, one of them noticed, maybe he only had three fingers. He noticed all of a sudden he had his five fingers again. And he turned around, and he went and he thanked the Lord and he fell down at his feet. This wonderful, thankful Samaritan. And here is Jesus who does not change. And when he looked at him, he did not say, thank you so much for coming here and talking to me. He said, weren't there ten of you? Where are the nine? He was looking at them as a whole, not just as individuals. This is why it's important for us to understand that when the Lord looks at our congregation, when he looks at at all of us, he sees us as a collective whole. That's why it's important that we're all moving and going in the same direction. It's why it's important that that when we come into worship, that we are all worshiping the Lord together because he's looking for our worship. He's looking for our thanks. He's looking for our appreciation for the things that he has done for us. And when he saw them, his first question to the man, now we know he did eventually say, you know, basically, good job, you're healed. But his first question, and remember, he doesn't change, so he's the same. His first question to them was, where are the rest of them? Where's everybody else? And that is a powerful, powerful truth. God looks at us as groupings. That's why it's important, men, that we lead our households according to the word of God. You know, the scripture does not say that God gave Abraham the covenant because Abraham would control his own self. No, the Bible says that God gave Abraham the the covenant because he knew he would command his family after him. He got the covenant because he saw a whole group that was going to follow after the ways of the Lord. Have you ever noticed many times when the Bible says that somebody would get saved in the Bible, it would say, so-and-so got born again and their whole household. It was never just a singularity. It was always a single individual. It was always a group. God deals with groupings in mind. It's his purpose to bring all of us on this journey. One individual, however, one little bit of leaven can affect the whole lump in a good way or in a bad way. You ever notice in the stories of the scripture before when you'd see things like, remember whenever David decided to number all the children of Israel? David decided to number Israel, and what he did was incorrect. And when he did it, what happened to the nation? You remember? The nation's punished. Are you kidding me? David does the wrong thing, and the whole nation is punished for that. One little bit of leaven, one individual affects a whole. This is a very important truth to understand the way way God works. The Bible says this, referring to the children of Israel. The book, of, uh, the book of Psalms, it says the children of Israel knew God's works, but Moses knew God's way. This is why it's important the people that we elect and put in office, we have to remember that if, if one of these people is directing the nation away from the things of God, the nation is affected by that. So that's why it's important that we make sure who we're following, who is actually going to be leading us. Now, I believe as a church, we can be Goshen. We can be a place of safety and security in the midst of bad things going on. But God is looking for us as a body of believers, as a whole, to stand up with one voice and declare his praise and his glory in the midst of tough situations. Anything about Achan? Here's Achan. Remember Achan? He's not the guy who was doing the, the, um, it was not the um, American Idol guy. What was the, uh, Achan. Achan. Well, that's a bad joke. Okay. Sometimes you grasp for things and you just get this sinking feeling about it. You try. 
So Achan, here goes. So, so Joshua has just had this incredible experience. Joshua has just taken over Jericho. I mean, Jericho, he goes in there. He's a general. He's a military leader. He is a, the, the, the king of a nation. He goes in there and he conquers Jericho. You know, he gets this battle plan from God and God says, okay, general, this is what you're going to do. You're going to march around the city. This wild battle plan is going to march around the city and blow trumpets and scream. And these walls are going to fall down flat. Has anybody ever been to Jericho before? Anybody ever ever been to Jericho? No? Want to be back there? Most of them, we think of the walls of Jericho falling down flat. We see it like this. They kind of stand in the walls here. They fall down flat like that. It's not how they fell down. You ever go to Jericho? You really can't go to Jericho anymore because it's a Palestinian enclave. If you go there, they kill you. But, but you used to be able to go there. It's true. It's true. You used to be able to go there. You can't anymore. But uh, you used to be able to do it anyway. But when you, I was there as a, as, a, as a young pup. I was 17, 18 years old, my first time there. And I'm standing looking at the walls of Jericho. The walls that Joshua saw when he was there. Dude, do you have any idea how cool that is? We were walking up these one set of steps and they said, Jesus walked up these steps because the scripture, he went up into the temple. He walked on these very steps. And so I thought, all right. So I, I, so this whole tour group, they all run up the steps and go up towards the temple mount. And I didn't, I stood at the step and I went like this. I was going like this. And then, and then I went to the next step and I went like this, you know. And it's a lot of steps. And they're all waiting for me. They said, Scott, what are you doing? And I said, if Jesus walked up these steps, I am going to let my feet touch every centimeter of these steps. Because that means my feet have touched the same place that his feet have touched. And it's just a cool thing. You know what I'm saying? It's just, can you guys see how much I'm spitting up here? I'm like, I'm like, I'm like in a snowflake fog up here. I keep spitting everywhere. I mean, my feet were going to touch it. So, so my feet have touched the same place that Jesus' feet have touched. So if anybody wants to come up and rub them afterwards. <laughs> no, that's not an option. All right, okay, so. But so, so I'm sitting here looking at the walls of Jericho. Here, this is the cool thing about the Jer- walls of Jericho. When it says the walls went down flat, actually what happened is, you imagine the walls, the, the, the ground underneath the walls opened up and the walls went like this, into the ground like that. They didn't fall down like this, they went, into the ground like that. The walls just lowered into the ground, if you can imagine something like that. And you're standing here looking at this massive city where all the walls are just, have just sunk into the earth. Amazing. When the, walls, when the walls went down flat, that's exactly what God did. Can you imagine? You're Joshua and his group, and you're marching around, and all of a sudden you go, and then, that, that, that would have just been like, what? Are you serious? This has been the coolest thing. And they take the city, you know, and everything is wonderful. And they take the city. And the next day, they're going to go take this little bitty village with just a few thousand people in it. And they go up there, and the children of Israel get their tails whooped. We say whooped in Arkansas. You say whooped here? Do you? Okay. It's an American thing. Whooped. They wouldn't understand that in Britain. You understand? We just lived in Scotland. They wouldn't understand whooped. They didn't understand whooped. They didn't understand. One of my first times that I was speaking there, I said, I said, we're running late here. We're going to have to run like a scalded dog to get finished. And the British people are all saying, what did he say? Is he, is he going to eat his dog? Okay, he scolded it. Okay, so I had, had, had to change how I spoke. They didn't understand whoop and daggum and shoot fire. They didn't understand those things. So the walls would come down. So, so he goes up there and he's running up to this little place called I. And they're defeated. The scripture says that 36 
of the Israelites died. 30, they sent 3,000 up there. 36 of them died. When 36 are killed, they all turn tail and they run. Now, typically, 36 is not a massive amount of people to lose how, in, the, in the context of, of, of ancient warfare. But you understand the reason they fled is because defeat is not normal for us. 36 people dying. This is not how we live. We do not lose. What is wrong with this picture? And of course, what was wrong is that when they did go into Jericho, this one guy, everybody say one guy, the power of one, one guy by the name of Achan, he takes a little bit of the gold and the silver and the raiment and he takes it into his tent. A little leaven ruined it for everybody. One person ruined it for everybody. One king ruined it for the nation. God sees us as a group. That's why it's very, very, very important that we as a body of believers understand when God pours out and moves in His healing power, He wants it to hit all of us. We are all individuals, that is true. However, God also looks and wants to bring about something for the good of everybody. Let's look at another story. Let's go to the book of Acts, chapter 16. Acts 16, and we're going to look here in verse number 23. Acts 16, verse 23. And the scripture says this, and we're going to read through verse 26. When we had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison. This is referring to Paul and Silas. Threw them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. Who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in stocks. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. Everybody say they heard them. Let me, let me point this out. Paul and Silas were not ashamed of their faith. They let their praise be heard outside of their own little cell. I want to encourage you, the next time you go to a restaurant and you're going to pray over your food before you eat, do not pray silently. We're not supposed to be uncomfortable. The other people are supposed to be uncomfortable. This is our country, right? We are, our, we are the children of God. If somebody's going to be uncomfortable, let it be the others, not you. You do not have to be uncomfortable because we are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I mean, look, the next time you go, just, just stand up in the restaurant and say, um, I, I'm going to pray over my food. And uh, just in case, is, is anybody here not prayed over your food? Okay, I see that hand. Thank you. Uh, I see that hand over here. Okay, thank you, sir. I see your hand. Okay, I'm going to pray. It's so going to touch everybody's food. We're not the ones who have to be ashamed of anything. They pray. They sing praises unto God. And the Bible says, and the prisoners heard them. And what happened from that, the Bible says, that in verse number 26, and suddenly there was a great earthquake, and the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors, get that? All the doors were open, and everyone's bands were loosed. What happened was everybody in the prison got affected because of two people. One cell affected everybody's cell. Why? Because God looked down and saw us as a group of people. And in the midst of this group of people, there was a, there was a couple of people who took a stand and it affected the whole. God desires 
to pour out His healing power, not just for one of us, but for all of us. And it's God's intention to, to, to bring about a revival, I believe, of healing in the, back into the, His body to bring about His glory and His place. We're going to look at a couple other verses of Scripture. Let's go to Mark's Gospel, chapter 5. Mark's Gospel, chapter 5. And this here is, we've already talked a couple of things, uh, a ways how God would heal. I just want to look how, how God desired to have hands laid upon people. I know you, Pastor Mike has taught you very, very well. I've taught you on the Sunday evening uh, healing uh, school many, many times. So this is going to not be new to, to most of you. But in Mark's Gospel, chapter 5, verse number 23, the Scripture says this, And he besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come lay your hands upon her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. So this ruler of the synagogue asked Jesus to come and lay hands upon his little girl that she would be healed. I don't have time to go into this tonight, but I think it's very interesting that how many understand at this point there was no church, right? There was no church. Nobody was born again. There, there was no salvation offered. However, the concept of laying on of hands for healing was already firmly rooted in the Jewish faith. It was already there. They already understood what it meant to lay hands on the people. They already understood, understood what it meant to be able to be, uh, to be, have hands laid upon you and be healed from that. How many understand that when Jesus was being baptized by John out in the Jordan, there was no church? Baptism is not a Christian thing. You understand? Baptism existed before Christianity did. Everything that we have in this, in our, our faith experience, we have inherited from the root of our faith, which is Judaism, the Judeo-Christian faith. We're called the Judeo-Christian faith because our root is Judaic. You cut the root off from the fruit and you're left with something that wasn't supposed to exist by itself in the first place. So if you take it back, you find the power of the laying on of hands and how, and how empowering it was to bring people back to life, to bring people out of sickness. Let's go to another verse of Scripture. Luke's Gospel, chapter 4. We'll start reading, reading in verse number 40. Right, did, you want to, did you want to share something? No. Yeah, now we're going into. I'm sorry. Did we not read? Yeah, we read Mark. Luke's Gospel, chapter 40. I'm sorry, chapter 4, verse number 40. Luke 440. It says this. And now, when the sun was setting, all they that had any sick with diverse diseases brought them unto him, and he laid his hands upon every one of them, and he healed them. I love that verse of scripture. He laid his hands upon every one of them. And he healed them. There was not one time when people were brought to Jesus that he said, it is not my will to heal. It was always his will to heal, wasn't it? Every time, always. Before I know you've seen, you've gone through the verse of scripture where it says, and he healed them all, and he healed them all, and he healed them all. This is the plan of God. This is the will of God. Lastly, let's go to Luke's gospel, chapter 4, verse number 18. Luke 4, verse 18. It says this, The Lord says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and the recovering of sight to the blind. He has set and to set at liberty those that are bruised. Not only is it God's desire to heal us physically, but it's also God's desire to heal us in our heart. He came to heal the brokenhearted as well. And And I know that most of you know that it's much easier to get over a physical ailment many times, uh, you know, a, a broken wrist or whatever. It's much easier to get over that than it is 
a broken heart. Sometimes that takes a lot longer to get over, but how many know that Jesus came to take care of that as well? Amen? And what a wonderful thing that is to take care of those things in our life. Praise the Lord. Could I have the musicians come up here, or at least uh, someone give me some music here? I want to just uh, open up a prayer line, because I wanted to get us in a place where we can start to pray for individuals and believe God that what God is going to do here, He's going to do not only for individuals, He's going to do for us as a whole. I believe people will walk in these doors and be healed in their bodies just from the atmosphere they find themselves in. Amen. Do you want to say something? No? Okay. All right. So this way I like to do this. If you, if you have a physical ailment in your body, I'm going to pray for two things tonight. If you have a physical ailment in your body and you'd like to have hands laid upon you and receive laying on of hands for that, I'd love for you to come up. Just form a line up here. We're going to pray for those things. Just as Jesus would lay hands upon the sick, we're going to pray lay hands upon the sick tonight. And then after we do that, then I'm going to make another call for the next thing up here, for the next thing I pray for. Amen. the Lord. We believe the Lord is our healer. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. You know, I think I'd like for us to do, is there any way for me to get the, the, the worship team back up here? Can you guys come back up? Is that possible? So let's, let's go back to the, uh, to, the, to the first song that we sang. Can we do that? Yep. Go, go back to the first song of the set. And I just want those of you who are those of you who are in your seats. I want you just to worship the Lord. Let's just get that, that atmosphere of praise and worship going, uh, that we can all in, join in and get that worship going and uh, and focus ourselves on the things of uh, of the Lord. Amen. Okay. I know I may have thrown you a little bit of a curveball here, but I think it's important that we uh, that we do that. sister in Jesus name and I command that which is wrong be made right in the name of Jesus I command you be healed in your body in the name of Jesus nor palpitations normality in Jesus name thank you father father in Jesus name I pray for my sister and I command that which is wrong be made right in Jesus name I command you, be healed in your body, my sister, in Jesus' name. Be healed in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for all muscle tissue, everything working right in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Right. Okay. Father, I pray in Jesus' name, and I command in Jesus' name, I command you, my sister, be made whole in your body in Jesus' name. I command this back in Jesus' name. Be made whole. Pain be gone in Jesus' name. I command vision be restored in the name of Jesus. Yeah, pray for yourself. Yeah. 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 Ye
Jesus name I command dizziness to be gone restoration to that which has been made restoration that has been knocked off be healed my sister in the name of Jesus be in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name Let me just say this. Let me say this. If you're listening to me, if you're listening to me when I'm praying, you'll notice that when I pray, actually, when I'm when I'm praying for my brothers and sisters here, I'm not asking God to heal. I'm just commanding them to be healed. And we do that simply because we never see Jesus praying for someone and asking the Father, Lord, would you please do this? Or, or Father, is it your will to do this? He actually just commanded it to be so, and that's the way that it was. So when we pray for our brothers and sisters, we are commanding them to be healed according to the Word of God by the authority of the stripes of Jesus, that they be healed in their bodies in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Okay. Take us back again. Amen. Okay, how can I pray for you? Father, I pray in Jesus' name, Lord. And ask she care about the I command you, my sister, in Jesus' name, be healed in your body in the name of Jesus. And I command your broken heart to be healed in the name of Jesus. Pain be gone. In Jesus' name. Would you, brother, have your arm? Elbow? In Jesus' name, I command his pain. In Jesus' name, be gone. Leave him in the name of Jesus. I command all abnormality be gone, all pain leave. And I command you, my brother, you be healed in the name of Jesus. Acid reflux and lay your hands on her hip there. In Jesus, I command you, my sister, you be healed in your body. I command this acid reflux. Stop! Stop in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Can I pray for you? Joints and sort of muscles and nerves. Okay, Father. And then just joints all over? Or just, yeah, yeah. In Jesus' name, I command all joints. Pain, I rebuke you and I command you to be gone in Jesus' name. I command all connectivity and nerves be restored in the name of Jesus. You be healed, my brother, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I can know what I'm praying for you about. Is that right? Yeah. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name for restoring that which has been broken, for bringing supernatural healing, Father, in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father God, and I command all that is wrong be made right in Jesus' name. Be made whole, Ernie, in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. I command you, my brother, you be free. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Hey, sister. I fell and ripped my shoulder muscles and my arm muscles underneath and on top. It's been healing, but it still hurts a lot. Okay. Is there a shoulder and an arm here? In Jesus' name, I pray 
And I thank you, Father God, for my sister. And I command this pain be gone. I command all, I command in Jesus' name, restoration in the name of Jesus. Be restored in Jesus' name. Be restored in Jesus' name. I command you, my sister, you be healed in the name of Jesus' name. Father, in the name of Jesus, we command everything. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Be healed in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for the stripes of Jesus. I have pain in my body. I have a crooked back with scoliosis and crooked feet. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Father. We command everything. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. We command that's wrong to be made right. Yes, thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. The power, Father, your healing power, Father, in Jesus' name, the name that's above every name, thank you, Father, above scoliosis, yes, thank you, Father, command you, in Jesus' name, scoliosis, you be gone, to be made straight, Father, in the line of Father, in your word, yes, Lord, in Jesus' name, thank you, Father, I can pray for you, I can't pray for that. Sander, Sander's getting in my eyes. Uh-huh. And like bugs or something. I don't know what it is. Okay. That's one thing. The other thing is diarrhea for seven days straight now. All right. I don't know what it is. Okay. And the other thing is uh, my hearing is, is uh, filling up with wax or whatever it is. Right. Okay. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for my brother. And I command vision be restored in the name of Jesus. I command these ears be healed in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I command the bowels in Jesus' name. You begin to function normally in Jesus' name. Be healed, my brother, in the name of Jesus. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord God. This wonderful little child, what's your name? Alexa. Alexa. And in Jesus' name, we command. Everything that they're saying is wrong, we thank you right now. It is right in the name of Jesus. We declare there is no growth in the name of Jesus. We command in Jesus' name all optic nerves functioning exactly as they're supposed to. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. I command you, Alexa, you be healed in the name of Jesus. And you walk in health in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord. We believe the report of the Lord that declares that she is healed in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Yes. See Alexa in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Brother, how can I pray for you? Well, I've got the neuropathy pain in my wrists and my elbows. Right. And I struggle with insomnia. Okay. Love to sleep. <laughs> okay. Father, I thank you right now in Jesus' name. 
Your word declares, Lord, that you give unto your people sweet sleep. So, Father, we declare in Jesus' name that his sleep is sweet, Father, in Jesus' name. We command insomnia, be gone, leave him be in the name of Jesus. And I command all nerve endings, everything to begin to function as it's ordained to in Jesus' name. I command you, my brother, you be free from that which has plagued you in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. I command this ringing in Jesus' name. Stop in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I command ringing. Stop. I command in Jesus' name tonight. You be gone in Jesus' name. Be free from this ringing in your ear, my brother, in the name of Jesus. suffer from um, anxiety attacks and, and so forth. I'm going to let her pray for you because she will be able to pray. Okay. Can I pray for you, sister? Yes. Um, well, I know I'm already healed. Mm-hmm. Jesus said Amen. that. But, um, I'm waiting for healing on my eyes, mm-hmm. my ears, and diverticulitis. Okay. In Jesus' name, I command you, my sister, you be free. We just pray right now, Father, and we command healing. Manifest yourself in the name of Jesus. And I command all diverticulitis in Jesus' name. You be gone. Leave. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. My sister can eat what she wants to eat, and she has no more issues and no more pain and no more struggle. In Jesus' name. you have. Amen. We need a manifestation of that healing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, let's agree then. Father, amen, brother. Father, I thank you. We agree right now, Father, for the manifestation of the healing, Lord God, that my brother declares he already has. We thank you, Lord, the stripes of Messiah accomplished what they were set forth to do. And in Jesus' name, we thank you, Father God, that those stripes still have the power to to raise the dead and to heal the sick. So we thank you, Father, in Jesus' name for the manifestation of my brother's healing. We declare and we thank you, Father God, that he is free, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. So we command healing. Come forth in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. And we agree, Father, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I see your process and scoliosis. Right. In Jesus' name, I thank you, Father. Right now, my brother's back is healed in the name of Jesus. I command you, brother, you be healed from that which has plagued you. You be free in the name of Jesus. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father God, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father What's that? The osteoporosis. Oh, really? Yes. Father, I thank you right now. This osteoporosis in the name of Jesus. You try to attack my brother's body in Jesus' name. I command you, be gone. 
You leave him be in the name of Jesus. And I command you, my brother, you be free. You be free from that in Jesus' name. We declare we believe the report of the Lord, which says, by the stripes of Messiah, my brother is healed. We thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. We agree, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen, 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 amen. Sure, what's wrong? Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Be free in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name that according to your word, Lord, we lay hands upon the sick and they recover. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. And we stand on your word, Lord, and we declare, Father, that by the stripes of Jesus, every individual in this place, Father, walks in the health and the healing that belongs to them, Father, by your son, Jesus. We thank you, Father, for the manifestation of everything we have prayed for. And we thank you, Father, For your glory, Lord, every healing takes place. For your benefit, Lord God, for your glory, Father God, for the expansion of your kingdom, we thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now, as you were prayed for up here, I believe with all of my heart, and I know you do as well, that you are already healed, aren't you? Because the Bible says that by his stripes we were healed. And if we were healed, then we are healed right now. Let's just lift your hands and begin to thank the Lord for your healing. Just like those, just like he was looking for those. Lord, we, we thank you, Lord, for our healing tonight. We bless you and we thank you, Lord, that we're the healed of the Lord tonight, Father. We thank you that we are healed in our bodies and we're healed in our minds, Lord. That we're healed, Father God, in our internal parts. We're healed in our external parts, Father. We're healed in our back and in our mind, Father. We're healed, Father, in Jesus' name, in our feet, in our hands, in our nerves, in our joints. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. We're healed in our muscles, in our sinews, in our nerves. We declare that we are the healed, Father God, in Jesus' name, from the top of our head to the soles of our feet. We thank you, Lord, that we are walking free, Lord God. We are walking free in Jesus, in Jesus, in Jesus' name. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. You have something you want to say, Lord? Just to add this, you know, sometimes with healing, when you go home, you might feel a little bit better. Uh, something happened in our church just a few weeks ago. We had a, a healing line. We had our prayer counselors praying for people. And she prayed for a man that, um, one of our prayer counselors prayed for a man that had migraines for just weeks and couldn't get rid of them. He couldn't even touch the bridge of his nose. Yeah, couldn't even touch the bridge of his nose. That's how horrible these migraines were. And so she prayed for him, and the migraines completely went. And um, as as this 
as a sister, this prayer warrior, I'm telling you, she went home and, and, and started praying for him. And the Holy Ghost told her, call him and, um, and to uh, just to ask him to see if he had any allergies or to check to see if he had any allergies. And uh, the man didn't know of any allergies, but he added that to his faith. You know, it says to add to your faith virtue and then knowledge. He went to the doctor, and the doctor said he was well, highly... He went, he, he went to the doctor based upon what, what this prayer had, person said. Yeah, the word of knowledge. And the doctor said he was... Uh, was, was, was it gluten? Yeah, it was gluten something else. Yeah. yeah, there was two things I think that he was allergic to. And he has been completely set free mm. by just the, that word of knowledge. He, he came for prayer and faith, which we do. But sometimes you have to add to your faith mm -hmm. virtue and knowledge. Mm -hmm. So uh, sometimes, you know, if you, you come down the line and you feel a lot better, say, okay, Lord, I want to keep this. Yeah. Because, you know, we can do things to lose our healing as well. So we add, add, you know, I want to know exactly what I need to be doing to keep my healing. Mm -hmm. It might be Thanksgiving. I'm just going to start my day thanking you, Father, yeah. Yeah. that every, everything you do for I thank you, Father, for my healing. Mm -hmm. But that was just, and this guy is free because he followed. And how, how many know that they're messing with our food supply? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and so. And he, lost, and he lost 30 pounds as well. Yeah, and he lost 30 pounds too. <laughs> hey, that, I, I, I could go for that kind of plan. But, you know. A lot of things that are happening now for, you know, the food supply, they're not always doing the best thing for, they're not, they're not, food isn't designed now how God intended it for it to be. It's been manipulated with. So sometimes you need a little extra knowledge these days to keep what God intended for the bodies that he created. Amen? So I just wanted to add that to the little, everything that we're doing now. Amen. Is that okay? Yes, that's perfectly fine. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, let's just take a few moments here and if we would just please just kind of bridge over here and just kind of hold each other's hand. We're going to pray for each other this morning or this evening. I want to pray one more kind of prayer before we go. So just kind of, uh, we're a family. We've talked about being a collective, about being a whole. So let's just kind of join together as a family this evening. Father, we pray tonight as a whole, Father, as a, as a family who cares and, and has concern and compassion one for another. Father, you declare that each joint should make supply to the other joint, Lord, and make increase the body as a whole, Father. So we pray and we yield our supply one to another, Father. And I pray, Father God, for those that have been suffering, Lord God, from a broken heart, Father. You said you came to heal the brokenhearted, Lord. Well, I pray right now, Father, in Jesus' name. And we pray for our brothers and our sisters, Lord, that you would heal that that internal part of us, Father, that, that part of us, Lord, that, 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 that hurts more than, than anything else that we have in our life, Father. We pray that you would heal, Father God, that, that broken heart. Father, heal, Lord God, we pray, and bring us free, Father God, from damaged emotion, Father, and, the, and, the, and memories and thoughts, Father, of the past that hold us back and, and keep us down. You declare, Lord, that you came to heal us in that way, and we thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, that our brothers and sisters are healed in Jesus' name, we thank you for it, Father, and we glorify you, Lord. We cast all of our care over unto you, Lord, knowing that you care for us. We bless you and we praise you and we glorify you, Father, in Jesus' mighty name we pray. 
And everybody said together, amen. Turn and give somebody a hug this morning or this evening. God bless you all tonight. Amen. Amen.